This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. First pitch, 807, Mets, Padres at City Field. Also, I want to hear from you on Twitter. I have a poll question up. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. I want you guys to predict how this series is going to go. Is it Mets winning two games? Is it Padres winning two games? Is it Padres winning three games? Is it Mets winning three games? The early voting is interesting. We'll get caught up with that throughout the hour here on 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, I want to hear from you on your way to the stadium, at the stadium. What's your feelings? I'm going to tell you right now. I've already predicted last night, as you were with me, that the Mets were going to win in two. I feel even better now that Starling Marte is not only on the roster, but in the lineup tonight. His absence in that Met lineup has been huge, huge. I can't tell you what a big difference he's been. Listen, this doesn't dim- diminish what Jeff McNeil was able to do in the outfield, even though, as I mentioned, I, see, I find it a little shaky with him being out there. He's done a great job. His bat has to be in the lineup, so that's a no-brainer. But I just feel better with Starling Marte out there. Veteran influence, guy who's been there, guy who knows how to deal with the postseason And so I feel much better. Obviously, I got Max Scherzer on the mound. I'm feeling good about that. I've already turned the page on what happened the last week. This is now the official run to win a world championship for the New York Mets. Starts right here. Starts right now. And I'm I'm just ready, ready, ready and raring to go. I am. I've got a lot of confidence. Don LaGreca, though, Man, he's got such a great point. Such a great point when he talked about Buck Showalter and the pressure on Showalter, right? Because he's the guy who's been tremendous in the regular season. Tremendous. But the postseason, not so much. Not so much. So Francisco Alvarez is on the roster. Terrence Gore is on the roster. Darren Ruff is on the roster, which I was surprised. Gore will most likely be used to exploit the Padres' bad defense against base runners. So you want to try to swipe some bases, take the extra base. I'm so excited. And DeGrom will start game two or three or the NLDS because... Buck Showalter's not playing his hand. We'll hear from the Met manager in a couple of seconds. Games already played today. Can I tell you something? I really enjoyed my colleague, Michael Kay, calling the game Philly-St. Louis with A-Rod. They did a tremendous job, and that game, you talk about twists and turns, that game is what a playoff game is. It's no score. (laughs) Nothing, nothing. They're just moseying along. Then St. Louis gets a two-run pinch hit home run in the bottom of the eighth. And then Philly responds with six runs. Six runs in the top of the ninth. St. Louis gets one back. They win, Philly does, by the score of 6-3. Seattle in the bottom of the ninth as a 4-0 lead over Toronto. And earlier today, in the beginning of our four games on ESPN and ABC TV, Cleveland doubled up Tampa by the score of 2-1. So let's hear now 
from Buckshaw Walter as he spoke before the game. And here's we're going to hear from him. First, I want to hear from him talking about Marte. Now, remember, when we last heard about Marte, when we last heard about him, he was having trouble gripping the bat. So I'm thinking, well, he's not only he's not going to be on the roster probably, and and I certainly don't expect that he's going to be in the outfield. So I don't expect that. But now, when the lineups come out, I'm like, not only is he playing, he's in right field. Here's Buck Showalter to put Marte on the roster and starting him in the outfield. We talked about it. He had a good yesterday. We had batting practice. Actually, a young man that came over in the Naquin trade left there and threw to him and Ruff. We had Tommy Hunter through. Uh, he's been taking some form of that for a little while behind the scenes. We knew it was a possibility, but there's some unknown. You know, I've learned that you know from a trust standpoint when you know it was all over. Uh, Joey and I and he and Curb and Shavi, you know, we talked a little bit. Pretty short conversation where he's concerned when he tells you something. We've gotten a pretty good. You know, he's a guy that we've trusted with certain things over the year. You learn, but who knows? You know, there's some unknown there. Who's 100% this time of year? We'll see. But we do have to. So I think it's evidenced by, you know, where he's hitting in the order a little bit. But you know, I'm hoping that uh, things go well and we're moving back up tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a gamble to play him and put him in the outfield. But if he says he's ready to go, you got to have him out there. At this point in time, I'm just – he adds so much to the confidence of this team. He's a guy who's been there all season. You know, it's, it's, it's a perfect thing for him. It's perfect. Now, earlier I told you that Jacob DeGrom is either going to start tomorrow or Sunday or maybe Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Buck Showalter, though, still leaving the media guessing. We know what we're planning to do, but in uh, some things are – Dictated by oh, tomorrow night's game. Some things meaning like the actual identity of the game two starter. Right, the game two starter could be uh, dictated by how we do tomorrow night. I think it could be similar to what San Diego's doing. Interesting. So that's the whole thing. And remember, this was broken by the media a couple of days ago. That it seems like the game plan here is, of course, if the Mets win tonight, then. They would put Bassett tonight, try to sweep and save the Grom for, you know, game one against the Dodgers. If they lose tonight, then the Grom would pitch tonight. I mean, tomorrow to try to even up the series and then Bassett would take it home. So it's going to be interesting. It really, really is going to be interesting to see how the Mets pull this out and what they plan to do. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your phone calls on Mets Padres. Also get your thoughts As we talk a little football in this hour, Daniel Jones is going to play on Sunday. Does that change your mind, Giant fans, about how you think this game could possibly go against Green Bay? And, of course, Jets and Miami, your final thoughts there. 1-800-919-3776. Also, join our poll question on Twitter, at HardestyESPN, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. What's your prediction on the Mets-Padres wildcard series? Mets in two, Padres in two, Padres in three, Mets in three. Hmm, interesting, interesting, interesting numbers so far. But first, hey, football fans, it's not too late to sign up for Cover 5. That's that free-to-play pick game for season-long fun and compete against your friends, your rivals, and, of course, your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. Here's what you do. You pick five games each week. Best score against the spread wins $100. But... 
This is week five. And as a special promotion this week, Cover 5 is giving you a chance to win. Ready? Ready? $50,000. Mm-hmm. $50,000. All you have to do is pick the perfect score. Join 98.7 ESPN League with code NY22. That's NY22. You can do that on the Cover 5 app and Cover5.com for your chance to win 50K in week five. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. We'll come back, take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Because for guys who have not been in the playoffs, that was as close to a playoffs, playoff atmosphere as you could have. Big time pennant race coming right down to the wire at the end of the season. So if you had not felt or experienced what that was like or what it would be like or what the playoffs are, that gave you a good test. That really gave you a good test. And it, it, it was even easier for you because this was on the road. So you're at home here. But uh, we'll see what happens in game one. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on our poll question. What's your prediction on Mets Padres? At Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore seven in a minute. Let's go to the phones. Uh, let's talk to Spike in St. Pete. Spike, you're batting first on ESPN New York tonight. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't know you were on top filled me in your offer now. I must have missed it. So so you gotta feel good with Marte playing. I know he took a quarter zone shot. That's gotta make you feel good, number one. Yes. Number two, I, I just realized something I'm setting up the Nick game. I got four screens I'm watching. But nice. I'm not complaining. I'm blessed. I'm I'm not complaining. I'm talking to my buddy. And I talked to my other buddy. He's very confident that Marte's playing. You know, uh, I heard he hit one off the uh, scoreboard or something before. So so here's what I see. This is very unfair, and I'm trying to figure it out, and you're always the guy of reason. There's no break for, for the National League, right, because, because mm-hmm. of travel. Mm-hmm. There's no you – know, in other words, they're, they're just playing straight through. Uh, so if DeGrom – see, Michael brought it up on his show – that the going with the catcher, not the catcher that's got ten at bats and two homers against um, I forget the pitcher, the guy who beats the Mets who's on San Diego. You Darvish. Yeah, Darvish. Okay, so he's got some very good record. So be it. We don't know when or where, whatever. You can look all that up. So this ca- the catcher that's not catching, he's got ten at bats, two homers with him. My theory is, and if you could corroborate it or not, just it's just an educated guess. We don't know. I think DeGrom's pitching either way because if if win or lose, well, if he loses, then you say you got to pitch him, so on and so forth. But he the cat he prefers the other catcher who hit Darvish. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying that look, you're better off with Scherzer. He's more equipped to do this. He's done this many times. Obviously, I grew up with Koufax was the perfect guy. Give two days rest, he pitch a one hitter, you know. But that's uh, 60 years ago. I really feel the Mets are in good shape because I looked again at this lineup, Larry. It, I'll tell you, don't strike me down, but I'm not going to put the whammy on them. But mm-hmm. I don't think outside of a couple of players, they're, they're that good. I mean, they're they're throwing their number one. The mm-hmm. guy from Washington it, it hasn't done much. I, I know right. he hits so well that. against mm-hmm. the Mets. Yeah. So, so they should beat this team. I, they should. I Spike. You're right. You're right. But okay. shh, shh, don't wake him up. Shh, don't wake up Soto, please. Yeah. Well, don't what, do that. What do you do? When do you put in? When do you put in? And, and good luck enjoy the game. Nice. When do you put the closer in? Uh, do, do you want five outs or six outs or four outs? Or if it's six to one, it don't matter, right? Yeah. I think that's going to depend on the circumstance, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. Buck Showalter has really 
used Edwin Diaz wherever the big spot in the lineup is. If the big spot in the lineup in the game is in the eighth inning, then Edwin Diaz is going to pitch the eighth inning. Okay? Now, the question becomes, because you're playing three consecutive days and it's postseason, are you going to try to give him, trying to do six outs every night? Okay, it's going to depend on how many pitches he uses to get guys out, how many pitches he has in the inning. I mean, so there's so many different variables here for me to just say, when is he going to use him? When isn't he going to use him? The game will dictate that. And and I trust Shaw Walter to be able to understand. For me, obviously, I have utmost confidence in Diaz, and he has earned it this year. He's been lights out. He's been tremendous. Leading up to him is a little bit of a concern. You are right. The San Diego team has underachieved offensively. Manny Machado has had a fabulous year. He's been he's been the rock star there. Solo has hit has hit at City Field extremely well. He averages, I think, a home run every little over ten at bats. So I'm concerned about that. The familiar surroundings. Uh, but listen, I've got I've got my second ace on the mound in Scherzer. If I don't have confidence in him, well, you know. I just don't have confidence. I have to ride him. He's been here before. He knows how to pitch. He knows how to, if he doesn't have his great stuff, he knows how to maneuver around. He doesn't give up big innings. This is my guy. If I can get, if I can get some run support off Darvish, who always beats the Mets, then I'm winning this game. Sal's in Brooklyn. What's up, Sal? Larry, good evening. Larry, good evening, my brother, man. How are you? I'm doing great, Sal. How are you? All right, cool. Hang it in. Hey, listen, I'm, I listen all the time. It don't mean I call in all the time because we want to let everybody get their two cents in. Hey, I mean, this is easy. Everybody's making this out to be more than what it is. <laughs> Who's your best pitcher? Jacob DeGrom. For the last 10 years, whatever you want to say, five years, seven years, I know he's heard all of that crap. Forget that. This is not about let me win one today and lose one tomorrow and save my best for day three. You got to go out there with your with your guns loaded, man. Yep. It's got to be DeGrom, Scherzer, one, two, or Scherzer, whatever. But that's how you got to approach this. I don't want to hear Bassett's name in the first two games. DeGrom, Scherzer, go win the game, and then that's how you do it. There's no second guessing. There's not a Yankee fan in the world that wouldn't beg for DeGrom to be on their mound in the game one. Mm-hmm. And here are Mets fans turn their back on this guy immediately with a couple of bad starts. They got him on a plank ready to feed him to the Sharks. He's your game one starter, man, and go straight from there. That's it. All right, Sal. Thanks for the phone call. And I'm kind of one of the people that are concerned. But remember, I said I wanted to start him in game one because that was the game plan from the beginning. Okay, let's start him. You start the Grom, you start Scherzer. If, if you need, you know, if you need Sunday, you worry about Sunday on Sunday. All right. I get that you're trying to maneuver. Well, at least I got one to start the Dodgers series and whatnot. If I don't, then I got, what am I doing? I, I won't get them again to maybe game two or three of the Dodgers series. So I, I kind of understand it, Sal, from that standpoint. I kind of do. But once again, remember, he's got the blister. He's got the cuticle issues. So they're trying to push him back as much as they can to give him extra time to try to let that heal. So that is also part of the equation. But for right now, I got to ride with Maxie. Mike's a Manalapin. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Great. Doing. You there? I'm doing great. Sorry. Yeah, I'm here, Mike. Talk to me. Oh, okay. Um, no, I was just I was just calling about uh, the Aaron Judge and the controversy, whether or not he's the home run king. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Mets fan, so I know I'm a little off point. But my no one's brought this up, but 
when Barry Bonds and those guys did it, performance-enhancing drugs, steroids, were not illegal in baseball. So they didn't do anything outside of the realm of, you know, illegality within mm-hmm. the game. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, banned. They weren't testing for it. Look, morally it wasn't correct, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't illegal. Right. So I know what my, you're saying. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, well, <laughs> so what, do you, what do you think? Well, I I'm hear what you're saying. Am I on to something here or not? All right. Well, uh, first, before before I answer that, who's winning tonight, Mike? You're a Mets fan. Uh, the Mets are winning, and also, so if I can say one thing to Mets fans out there, if, yeah. if you're negative, I mean, get over it, guys. It's a new <laughs> regime. We need the positivity. This group has not ruined, lost anything for us. They had a blip in the radar losing to Atlanta, which was terrible, but mm-hmm. they swept the Nationals. We won 101 games. There's only four teams that have done that in the league. I mean, it's a different it's a different era. And, I, you know, the guys that are always thinking about the past, I'm a suffering Mets fan as well, but we need the positivity. you got to think positive until, they, until this group fails us. They're winning. And I'm happy DeGrom's pitching game three. Because, okay. I mean, think about, the, think about the mental state of the team. If you have your DeGrom coming in game two, God forbid he loses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, It'll be, it's not a good feel for the team. We'll be looking back at Atlanta again, right, Mike? <laughs> we just got over. Yeah. We'll be looking right yeah. back at it again. All right, thanks for the phone exactly. call. I hear what you're saying about your right and uh, about the steroids and the situation there. And once again, listen, uh, Clemens has been tested. Never a positive test. Bonds said he did the clear or clear whatever it was. He admitted that. He said he didn't know what it was. So that's that. So, you know, there's always going to be that discussion. Clear, positive, what did they do? We still don't know how many pitchers were doing the same thing, right? It's scary. It's a whole scary situation. 1-800-919-3776. Let me tell you about the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle. Oh, it's great. You know why? Because you can stream live sports and original content with the ESPN Plus today. You get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library, unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views, live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year. Also, ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle today. Watch ESPN Originals, the 30 for 30, the entire Disney and Marvel library, and more. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNNewYorkBundle.com to learn more. We'll take your calls. I'll give you the first update on our poll question. And we'll talk a little Jets and Giants and Mets next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. It's ESPN New York Tonight, early edition on 98.7 ESPN. Taking you up to game one, Padres Mets. Taking your phone calls at 1-800-919-3776. And Damian Woody's right. For you to take the next step, it's not only to do it early, but you have to be consistent. And this is a really good test on Sunday. To be at home against a very good defense and an offense that's going to test your young secondary, it would be nice if you could find a way to get out to a lead and play well. Okay, now they did have the lead last week. They were up 10 nothing. Field goal and the touchdown. He caught the touchdown early. So it's nice play calling. But you want to see. But they, then second quarter, no good. Interception before halftime. Third quarter, they couldn't do anything right. And then, as Damian said, fourth quarter, boom. Then they, they start rolling. 
But you need that consistency. You need to see and be confident that you can start out fast against these uh, uh, against your opponent. That's what you have to do. That shows growth as a young quarterback. 1-800-919-3776. Ryan is in Edgewater, my old stopping grounds. He's next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I was I was just watching the, the, the game last night, and, you know, you can't help but laugh or kind of feel bad for, for Hackett about how bad of a, uh, of, a, of a coach he is so far. But it got me thinking, imagine if there was an all-access, hard-knocks-type show where you had your team president, and this was one team in the, in the NFL. Your team president is John Gruden. Your head mm-hmm. coach is Urban Meyer. Your mm-hmm. offensive coordinator is Nathaniel Hackett. Your defensive coordinator is Matt Nagy, and your quarterback coach is Adam Gase. <laughs> Behind the scenes footage, all access, all cameras. Imagine how amazing that would be. And give them some star level quarterback like a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, something like 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 that. Would that not be the most entertaining thing of all time to witness if you assembled that staff? Ryan, it would be awesome. Thanks for the phone call. We'd be shaking our head in disbelief <laughs> over what we've seen. It, it would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievably bad how that would be. That's that's quite a that's quite a collection that you came up with. Quite a collection. Evans in Brooklyn. What's up, Evan? What's up? Uh, how are you, Larry? I'm uh, doing great, Evan. What's uh, happening? I wanted to uh, ask about your expectations for Sunday. Since uh, Miami is going to be a tough compo- opponent, with uh, they have with, they're without two. They have Bridgewater, and they have Hill out. He could be out, but we have Brown coming back at left tackle for us. Uh, what are your expectations for Sunday? You think they have a shot to win it? Yes, I do think they have a shot. But Evan, they've got to they've got to do some things and correct some things that they have survived with in two of the yeah. wins and suffered with in two of the losses. And a couple of them, and thanks for the phone call, a couple of them is this. Okay. Uh, the first thing they have to do is get rid of those self-inflicted wounds, i.e. Carl Lawson hitting the quarterback after the ball's released, i.e. C.J. Mosley hitting a, a, quote, defenseless player, unquote. Okay? That's extra yards. And in, and in the Carl Lawson case, they had gotten that, that was fourth down. They were ready to kick, and they were deep in their ends in their own territory. So now you give Pittsburgh not only a first down, but you lose the, the advantage, the field advantage that you had. All right, so those are the things that you have to stop. They have to be able to continue, Evan, to run the football the way they did last week and improve on it. And hopefully that's where Dwayne Brown comes in. I got to be honest with you. This the the gentleman. He, he's thirty seven. He's just coming off an injury. I don't know whether they may have to spot him some and monitor and see what's going on with him. Hopefully, he can finish the game. And obviously, the more he plays, he'll build his his sea legs and he'll be he'll be better. So I expect that they will continue to run the ball. And just as we discussed, uh, offensively, you need Zach Wilson to continue to play smart football. All right. You need him to roll out a little bit. You don't need him to run backwards, which he tends to do. You need him to just roll out from side to side and throw the ball down the field. That's what you need. That that's what he needs to do, and run when necessary. But I love the fact in the fourth quarter that when I thought he would run, he stood in the pocket and threw the football. So that's a good thing. 
Defensively, this is the biggest test for me, Evan, and this is why I, I can't say that the Jets have a tremendous chance to win this game because I respect what Kaseki, Waddle, and Hill can do offensively as receivers getting the ball down the field and spreading your offense and spreading your defense, rather. And Sauce Gardner will get an undertaking this week. <laughs> He's going to learn a lot. So hope, well, this will be a great test. We'll see how he fares here. We'll see how the Jets' secondary fares. And, of course, Gusecki is the tight end. Just always had problem, problems with tight ends. They've always had trouble with Even when Rex was here. And he's blitzing all over the place and doing all the exotic things that he does and the schemes and whatnot. Had trouble with, with tight ends. So I hope that they will have a plan to cover the tight end. They have to mix some things up for Teddy Bridgewater. He's a veteran. He knows how to pick your part, so you have to be careful. But I do think the Jets have a chance, have a good chance, of getting a win on Sunday against Miami. And it would be much needed because they desperately, desperately need a division win and desperately need it early in the season. Because afterward, the, seed, the, 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 you know, the schedule gets a little tougher. You got some Green Bay, you got Denver, even though I don't know what Denver team we're going to see by then. Uh, you know, you got New England, you got Buffalo, you got you, you, your schedule amps up a touch. So this would be a good one to get. And to just to have three wins by the first end of the first or second week of October would be like, when's the last time that happened? <laughs> so that would be that would be interesting to see. And hopefully they can pull that off and get that done. Uh, as far as the Giants are concerned. You know, and, and we'll hear from Saquon Barkley in a couple of minutes. Uh, Landon Collins is back. I neglected to mention that last mention that last night. Um, and Daniel Jones is going to start. You've got, but, but, no Kadarius Tony. Uh, I'm not sure about Kenny Galladay. I think he's out. Uh, Ojolari is out. Uh, Tyrod Taylor has a concussion, but he did, he was scheduled to make the trip. Okay. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see if he's able to, I don't think he's going to play, but I think he's just there traveling with the team. And Wendell, uh, Wendell Robinson, who has shown some things. I, I kind of like him. I like his speed. I like when he's brought to the table, returning punts and also on some lining him up in the slot on a couple of plays early in the, uh, game one or game two of the season. So I like what the Giants have been able to do. This is going to be very interesting to see how this Giant team can play, to see how they will fare against a Green Bay team that defensively has taken a step. You know, when you all the years before, when you talked about Green Bay, you spoke about Aaron Rodgers, you spoke about the receivers, you spoke about the offense, how great he is, future Hall of Famer. As Stephen A. said, he's a bad man. You know, all the stuff about uh, all the stuff you know about Aaron Rodgers, right? But finally, I think he's got a defense. And over the past couple of seasons when, uh, you know, Mike Pettin was there, who was the former Jet uh, DC defensive coordinator, and he went there, started to turn some things around with, you know, some some blitzes and some some different schemes. And now you're starting to see them add some talent to that. So this Green Bay defense is better than it's been consistently, I think, in a couple of seasons. So... We'll see what Daniel Jones is going to be able to do. Saw an interview with him uh, earlier today. He says he started to feel better during the week. He was moving around, looked to be moving around pretty good in the uh, 
time that we saw that the media is allowed to to film practice. So, you know, as long as he can move, I think they give him a shot. That, that gives them a shot. I don't think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be an entertaining game, and I think they'll be in the game with an opportunity to steal one late in the game. I really do. I think they will have that chance. 1-800-919-3776. Okay, let's do our poll question real quick. At Hardest the ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. What's your prediction on the Mets Padres wild card series? Is it Mets winning two games? Is it Padres winning two games? Is it Padres winning three games? Is it Mets winning three games? So far, 44% of you say Mets winning three. 27% of you say Mets winning two. 16% of you say Padres winning three. And 11% of you say Padres win in two. Hmm. We'll hear what you have to say as you weigh in on our poll. But first, join ESPN New York at the Ultimate Jets Tailgate. It's located in Lot G before Jets take on Miami this Sunday with all your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. There'll be tailgate games, prize giveaways, and of course, live music from Randy Zoo. It's the Ultimate ESPN New York Jets Tailgate. It's brought to you by Guinness, Pepsi, and 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Riding with you until the top of the hour. Then it's our coverage of Padres Mets Game 1 at City Field here on 98.7 ESPN. Also, with the heavy workload that Saquon Barkley has gotten and the success that he's had, I think we should give kudos to the offensive line. Don't you, Saquon? The O-line's been incredible. Every single one of those guys, just the way that they're, they're working all on the same page, that's that's the beauty of O-line. You know, it takes five guys uh, to be on the same page one play. And if one of them's just a little bit off, or especially with me, if I'm not reading it right or I'm not my steps in right, the whole play can be messed up. But the O-line been doing a great job. Also, we give credit to the tight ends. The tight ends have been doing an amazing job. There's one clip, you know, they took the DN and moved them five, ten yards back, and you see them celebrating. And as a bat, you know, that gets you excited. Also, the wide receivers, too, and DJ making the right call. So it's been a collective thing but the beauty is i feel like we got so much more room to to improve and get better so i just keep working on it that's all you gotta do keep working keep rolling and listen um saquon has lived up to everything he said during training camp during otas everything he said he's been able to deliver so no he's not worried about the heavy workload but you know you have to be a little concerned and hey give brian dayball credit too he's put together a very nice game plan for uh, Daniel Jones. He's he's allowed him to do what he does best. He likes to run with the ball a little bit, do a little play action, roll out. They look good offensively. They do. They look, they look better. They look great compared to last year. <laughs> they look better offensively. Back to the phones. Mark is in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on 98.7. What's up, my friend? Hey, Mark, what's going on? <laughs> Everything's good, man. You already Excellent. know. Uh, Larry, uh, this weekend, uh, absolutely awesome. Um, I got two things. On, the, on my beloved New York Jets, mm-hmm. um, Geno Smith has always been one of my favorite players for two, for two reasons. One, I love his heart and grit and all of that. But And I'm happy for him this year. But mm-hmm. why I'm speaking on him is that when Geno was running backwards, because I heard you mention that, and it just made a bell go off in my head. 
When Geno Smith runs backwards to, to come forward to make the play, that's always been his Achilles heel. Geno yeah. can throw the ball with the best of them. Geno mm-hmm. can accuracy with the best of them. But when he does that backwards thing and then has to come up seven, 10 to 7 yards and then make the play, he would be in big trouble. And the same exact thing I've been seeing since Zach Wilson started. Yeah. He's got, he can throw with the best of them, Larry. Mm-hmm. But when he does the backwards thing, I'm like, it's a, it's a yikes throw. Like, when he throws it, you're like, yikes? <laughs> and then if we, if we get it, they're like, yeah, he's great. And then uh-huh. When he throws the pick, you're like, oh, boy, right? Yeah, that's right. You're right. So when you said that, that got me. Uh, I, I don't want to see him doing the run backwards thing. I think that's going to be major in this game. He's um, got to go side that. to side, Mark. Mark, he needs to go side, side to side. side. Yeah. Yep. Or step yes. up and take and both off. Of them, both, of them, both of them have the athletic ability to do the side to side thing, and they mm-hmm. play actually better when they do that. But that Absolutely. backwards thing, I, I find I'm pulling my gray hairs out when that happens. <laughs> Mine's uh-huh. already gone. And, and I do hope Gino's success on a Sunday, too. I like him. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, on the Mets, Larry. Yes. Um, but having Starling back, great. But here's something that's been just bothering me. Okay. All through the year, the Mets have played a certain style of baseball. And without, without DeGrom and Scherzer in the lineup, the Mets were one of the best teams in baseball because of the style that they played. Um, I love DeGrom and Scherzer, don't get me wrong. But ever since they came back, it seems as though the Mets started playing – a different style of baseball offensively. And um, hmm. it, it's like all of a sudden they want to they want to try to play baseball that's not what they've been doing all year. And so now that we do have Jake and, and Matt playing, and I can't wait for the game in a few minutes, by the way, but I just really wish the offense would get back to playing Mets baseball and not put some guys on the on the base. I mean, we were one of the top scoring teams in the league. We just didn't do it the way everybody else did it. Mm-hmm. And and I think we need that. I need. I think we need that offensive formula back and stop relying on. Oh, they got the two best pitchers in baseball. They they should be able to play with anybody. Well, Larry, we had with Carrasco, with 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 with, with Ty, with, with all of them. We, we had one of the best teams in baseball then too. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I, I just don't like that uh, over uh, dependence upon the the what the 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 swag that mm-hmm. that Scherzer and Degrom bring. I want them, I want them to pitch, but I don't like the fact of knocking our other pitchers because I think that it it changes what what the offense does, and that hasn't been good as you see. Well, I tell you this, Mark, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. Always good hearing from you, and enjoy the game. I think part of the change. In off, part of the change in offense was when guys started to struggle. And it's a natural thing. And then other people try to do too much. And then you've got guys trying to hit the five-run homer when there's nobody on base. And you just, you just take yourself out of what you do best. And you expand the strike zone. And now you start swinging at pitchers' pitches. And you're not making contact. You're not fouling off excuse me, the, the really good pitches to wait for a pitcher to make a mistake. So I just think it was a combination of things. I think it was the injuries. So I, I, and it may, it may have just coincided with the fact that DeGrom and Scherzer were out. But I think really when you, plus I, 
to be honest with you, Mark, and, and they may not admit it, but I mean, day in and day out, every time you turn around, the fact that Atlanta continued to win, it had the, it, it added pressure on this team. Okay, it had to. Now, they hung in there, and they have fight. This team doesn't have a glass jaw. All right, they don't. They're resilient. But it had to wear you down every single day. Atlanta won and won and won. And when they lost, you lost. <laughs> so you <laughs> so you still didn't get a chance to pick up any game, ground any game, pick up any gain on them, any games on them. Because, like I said, when you lost, they lost. And when you won, they won. And then on those occasions when you lost to, like, the Cubs and the Pirates and the Nats and Miami, they beat those teams. So I think it was just a combination of a bunch of things. Uh, I really believe that that's behind them. I think now Darvish is going to be tough. There's no doubt. But I do think the Mets have a chance to sweep this series in two, and I don't think we'll need, we'll we'll see uh, a third game uh, in this series. But for that to happen, you're right. You do have to kind of see them go back to that type of, you know, that type of hitting that they that they did earlier. Plus, remember, Mark, that when you brought in Vogelback, you put a home run hitter in the lineup. Well, you hope a home run hitter in the lineup to add some protection for Marte and Alonzo, give you some power. And you took maybe a, an average hitter out. I don't mean an average hitter, but a hitter who hits for average. A contact hitter, not necessarily a home run hitter. So like a, a Nyquin or somebody like that, you know, now that you brought Vogel back in, and even though Nyquin was a person that you got in the trade as well, you know, you took that person out. So you went for power. And you understand it because while you were successful doing that early, you saw that as you get to the postseason, sometimes depending on the opposition, you need that power in the lineup because very rarely do you see what you saw in St. Louis earlier today where a team scores six runs in an inning or where you see earlier where Seattle jumped on Toronto and got three runs in the first inning and behind Castillo, that game was over. That game was done. Luis Castillo has been, he is, I mean, he has just been dominant. Yeah, that guy, he, that's an ace. I mean, he's been like lights out. Four different pitches, can spot them, can throw them, changes speeds, can throw 100, 101. Oh, man. I mean, the Yankees got to be, banging their head against the wall that they weren't able to get him and they had to settle for who they settled for. And maybe, and maybe he will get better. Okay. Maybe he will play better next season. But I, right now there's, there's no question the way that deal went. That was not good. Not good. But we'll see what happens with the Yankees. They will play the winner of the Rays guardian series and they will start at the stadium on Tuesday. So, uh, I know they're raring to go. Right, let's check our poll question before we leave you and uh, begin our coverage of Padres Mets at the top of the hour. What's your prediction on the Mets Padres wild card series? Mets in two, Padres in two, Padres in three, Mets in three. The winner, Mets in three. Just a, just a little over three three percentage points ahead of Mets in two. 
And uh, almost 20% of you think the Padres will win in three. So most of you think this is going to be a three-game. A lot of you think this is going to be a three-game series. It's going to be interesting. It really, really is going to be interesting. Before we turn our coverage over, let me take this opportunity to wish the best to the Michael K. Show producer, Andrew Gundling. I've known Andrew Gundling for all the years he was there. I, I helped work with him when he first started. I had the opportunity to co-host with Andrew Gundling. Uh, he was uh, my producer when we were doing the Jet broadcast. He, he is a phenomenal person. He's a great dad, uh, has a lovely family, and I'm so happy, sad to see him go. But I'm so happy that he's moving on. And wherever he goes, I wish him the best success. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. I will see you in La G on Sunday. Yeah, you're going to hang out with us for the you know, little, little, uh, you know, little fun before the game, little tailgate action, some games and giveaways. So I'll see you in La G on Sunday. And then we'll see you back on the air on Tuesday.